Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. If this is your first time joining us, or just as a recap, Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message I got to share with you this past weekend. And I'm pretty excited to introduce my buddy, my friend, my pal. I had to pay him to say all that. He, it was like five bucks. Um, I'm cheap. For every 10 minutes. But uh, anyway, no, this is Mark. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and give your official title? Because I'm going to mess up his official title. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I'm Mark. Um, Mark Fryslaven. You might recognize that name because of Megan Fryslaven, who I'm married That's to That's right. Now. Congratulations. You're yes. close to two months Almost now. Almost two point, months right? now. Yeah. yeah. In, a, in a couple weeks, in a week or two now. Are you going to do anything to celebrate at the two-month mark? I mean, we might just go out to dinner or something like that. Dude, Nothing that's special. awesome. Yeah, good. Keep that uh, up. Good job. Yeah. We actually just celebrated three years like together, actually. Okay. Um, so we went mini-golfing, actually. Dude, mini-golfing is the best. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, back to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm a <coughs> pastor at Beale Baptist um, in Oxford. It's right down on 896. Actually, just heads, what is it, north? And you, you'll pass my church eventually on the left. Um <laughs> It's one of the things that you don't realize you're passing it until you know you're passing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm 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 basically the youth pastor there. Yeah. Um, but if you know my senior pastor was watching, he'd be pastor of student ministries. Okay. Because okay. I also help oversee the children's ministry as well. Sure. And so. Mark, Mark, and I go way back. Yes. So back when he was a student, um, I was actually I know I don't look this old, but I was actually his youth pastor. Um, so it's pretty awesome to have you. Yeah. Kind of be a part of it. So I did ask Mark to kind of ask any questions to kind of join us in this discussion. Um, like I said, as always, what we do is we just try and do a little bit deeper dive. So um, Mark, it helps when I'm preaching if somebody else wants to kind of jump in. So Mark is willing to do that. So as I preach, you might see a couple different faces here and there, but we're just thankful that, <laughs> that Mark is showing up and a part of this. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, a couple things that I want to announce. Actually, there's one specifically that I'm going to announce, and I'm not just doing this because... Megan's husband is in the room. Um, I want to let you know that we are looking for help specifically within the kids ministry. So if that is something that you could potentially help us out with, what I'm told our need on Wednesdays is more dire than our need on Sundays because as you may or may not be aware, we do something that we call COW, which is connect on Wednesdays. On Wednesday evenings from about 5.30 till 6.30, we have a meal. It's a $5 suggested donation up to $25 per family. And then we have kids program with programming, we have adult programming, uh, student programming, and that student part of it or that kids part of it could really use some extra help there. So I think that is right now, I think baby cuddlers is kind of the nickname of what they're looking for. So if you are able to cuddle with a baby, you are probably the right person for the job. So if you would be interested in helping us out, that would be great. Megan would really appreciate that. Mark would really appreciate that. And then I get bonus points because it happened while on overtime. So if you could so sign win, up win, win. That, Yeah, everybody wins. So even you, because you will be blessed by helping out those children. Trust me. So uh, if that is something that you are interested in, uh, please let us know. Do want to give a shout out to Mags, who is just joining us. Hey, Mags, thanks for for being a part of that. We're excited to have you there. Um, and just want to let you know that if you do want to join us online, you are welcome to do that. So I am kind of pulling up or have pulled up all of our different platforms. So we are on our website right now. We're also on Facebook, on Twitch, and on um, YouTube. So if you have any questions, you are welcome to kind of jump in there to ask any questions. Otherwise, Mark and I are just going to kind of chat until 
We have nothing else to really chat about. So you made up half those names. What? No, Mags is there. Wait, no, no, what? like the, the streaming names. I'm pretty sure you made up like Twitch. That's no, just... Twitch is there. I'm telling you. You can go to, uh, it's twitch.tv slash CLC family. So it's okay. kind of a gaming platform, but we're, we're excited to use it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So Mags, thanks for joining us. We're glad that you're here. Uh, please feel free to let us know any questions that you have. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll just kind of talk about it until we've got nothing yeah. left to say. Or <laughs> I did promise that I would get Mark out of here <laughs> in an hour. So if it comes to be an hour, we're gonna we're gonna finish. No matter what, even in mid sentence, we'll just cut it. I can't promise mid sentence, <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm gonna try and be disciplined and good. So uh, if you were joining us this past week, we always like to do kind of a review, a recap. We were on week four of our parables series. So uh, big picture, we are still working through the gospel of Luke. We've been doing that for over a year. Um, specifically, as we kind of turn the corner from chapter 14 into chapter 15, um, we have a sub-series that we're calling Parables because over the last four weeks, we've been looking at the parables that Jesus has been teaching with, and we'll continue to see that for the next couple weeks. But as we continue in this parable, I was super excited to be able to share from Luke chapter 15, which there is three parables that Jesus tells kind of in response to the grumbling and the complaining that the religious elite are doing to the fact that Jesus spends times time with sinners. So we were able to look at two of those three parables this coming Sunday. Christian will actually be looking at that third parable. It's like I said on Sunday, it's kind of the greatest hits of Jesus, like the parable of uh, the, um, lost sheep. the lost sheep, the lost coin, coin but then also the prodigal son. Mm. That one's probably the most well-known. So Christian's going to be yeah. preaching that on Sunday. But this past Sunday, we were able to talk about the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep. And so um, it was, it, it's a message where I think that overall what you see is that Jesus goes to great length to seek to find and to save that which is lost. And um, and we're going to kind of cover it. We'll, we'll get into it, I'm, I'm sure, a little bit more as we walk, walk through this. We do have a question that we're going to get to as well. But I feel like that was the main point that Jesus was trying to get to. He was trying to kind of show, model, and illustrate to the religious elite that the way that they had done it wasn't the way that the kingdom of God happened. Mm -hmm. So basically, they thought that in order for them to be righteous, that they would have to make sure that they avoided sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors were so bad that they got kind of their own offshoot, like sinners yeah. and tax collectors. So like Luke yeah. even writes it yeah. as in that way. It's interesting. They down upon. Yeah, they were really despised because they were basically robbing or taking from their countrymen, and nobody liked that. So, so... Jesus is giving a different parable of going, hey, he's actually spending time and hanging around these sinners and Pharisees. And so the religious elite are upset at that. They think that that's not what should happen. There should be three degrees of separation, like you shouldn't be involved. But Jesus is going, hey, actually the kingdom of God is like someone who loses a sheep and like someone who loses a coin. And there's moderate value to those, but in it, a good shepherd goes to great length to seek to find and to save that which is lost, that one lost sheep. And the same thing kind of Jesus 
uses um, in the in a parable. There's always a god or a godlike figure. Um, in the parable of the lost coin, God Jesus is actually referring to God in a female form, and so this woman who has lost something of moderate means or moderate significance goes to great length to seek and find and to save that which is lost. And the direct obvious tie-in is that Jesus does that for us. And so if we feel like we're the outcasts, we're kind of the rejected, we are the um, the lowly of society, we're the sinners and tax collectors, Jesus was showing something different, that the kingdom of, he- of heaven, the kingdom of God, was specifically for people like that. So there's a lot of encouragement, there's a lot of excitement in that as the you know, the people that were there are listening. They're hearing that for the very first time. It wasn't, it wasn't a burdensome uh, thing to carry. It wasn't like religion, the way that the religious elite had established it was that it was lots of rules and burdens and rules upon rules upon rules upon rules. And so imagine what it would have been like for these, these sinners and tax collectors to hear that the gospel is actually for them. Like it would have been relieving and exciting and something that would stir in their hearts. Um, But then it also creates this complication for the religious elite. So that's kind of the review. Um, Like I said, we'll just kind of jump in. I don't know. I'll turn it over to you. Do you have any (laughs) thoughts, questions, comments? Um, And we'll work through this. I do have a question that we'll get to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I did watch the swimming uh, in preparation. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's probably good. Yeah. yeah. We always encourage all of you. If you have not like listened to the service or watched it, you should probably start there first, okay? Because yeah. this is always kind of like part two, kind of the yeah. long form podcast. So thanks yeah. for doing that, course, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a. I I thought it was very coaching, very good job. Um, thanks, dude. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like I really like the um, your analogy in the beginning, the um, with the lost and found. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found that very um, that very funny. It's like I, I even thought like. Maybe one of my glasses is in there, cause dude, you think? Maybe I don't know. Dude, I lose glasses all the time. Do you really? Do you see? All right. So do you look for them like really hard? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Well, because well, it's one of the things like I'm far and nearsighted, so it's like okay. it's like a headache. Sure. Like if I, eventually, because I mean I can drive without them and all that stuff. Okay. I can see, but it's like eventually I get a headache. Okay. And everything's spoiled. So yes, I look hard for them. Yeah, I uh, bet. I so bet. I was like, you know what? There's a chance I might have lost when I say I see. Who knows? You were nobody on Sunday actually <coughs> said, "Hey, that's mine." So, <laughs> so if you did have something in the lost and found, you are welcome to collect it. I did bring that back to the lobby, and that legitimately was yeah. the church's lost and found basket. So we I, we I went need, through. I that. need to know. Did you find out what that missed? I have item no was? idea what that still, thing is. Still don't know. There was one. I think it's for hair, but the, it was weird. It was like. Like this, a affinity, like lock. It was like link. these two circles connected, and then there was like this scrunchy, like uh, I don't even, I don't know what it was. <laughs> like this thing connected, and and I can't tell you what I thought it was at first because I was like, "There's no way that an undergarment like that would be sitting in this, like lost and found." Maybe so, it's like a headband and like a hair tie. Maybe, but I don't understand it. Neither do I. So I was really hoping that somebody would actually tell me what that was. I'm, no one. I'm guessing it's for hair, yeah. but I'm not entirely sure. So, yeah, yeah. 
And then, did you like me pulling out the G.I. Joe? <laughs> I did, I did. Was that, that, was that your own Toyota spot? Dude, in? so that was from three weeks ago. I used G.I. Joe's in a sermon where I kind of had them sitting on stools. We were looking at uh, the parable where Jesus is at a banquet and mm. they're jockeying for position in their seats. And so I brought all of my Joes for that. So it was, a, it was kind of a direct tie-in to three weeks ago gotcha, gotcha. when we were looking at Luke 14. So gotcha. it was a little bit of an inside joke, but I think the majority of people got it. So if you did not get it and you're like why is there a G.I. Joe there and why did people laugh it's because it's just referencing the last message. I thought you were just buying your toys yeah. which you did. Which I did yeah. and especially for four or three weeks ago when, yeah. I, when I first did it it was definitely me just bringing in dolls yes. They're dolls <laughs> they, they really are. <coughs> On that yeah. note um, <laughs> but I did um, I was just like you know, like stuff on a light hearted note like sure. Who who loses more stuff, you or hope? Ooh. Mmm, that's a great question, dude. I didn't even think that we would go there. Um, I tried my best. I don't think hope does a bad job, like, of losing things. And I'm going to answer this question, and this might get me in trouble. So, um, I'm going to say that I lose more things, but only because my wife moves them. Ooh, that, yeah, that's if she hope if you're watching, <laughs> she's probably gonna if she's watching live, we're in trouble. Yeah. But um, I she'll probably listen to this like yeah. a day or two later. But I like I'm generally really good at not losing things. Mm. Although there have been times in my life where I've put something somewhere that I said, dude, this is such a smart spot that I yeah. will never lose it, and then I can't remember where that smart spot was. Yeah, do you, no, ever, do you I, ever do that? Yeah, or is it just me? No, like, it's I have it like I say I put in this like. No, no. There's it, no way I'm gonna yeah. walk by it. Like, no, there's no, no way, way like, that I'm gonna miss oh, it. Oh, I was like, I was thinking of this, and it has to be yes. in here. Yes. And like, cause I put nothing else in there. Yeah. Just like it has to be in there. Yeah. But then it turns out it's not there. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think I'll say I do, but it's because You're my wife, wife, my wife generally cleans, and she does a great job of keeping the house really clean. But also, so a slob is why I'm here. No, it's not even that. It's <laughs> this is maybe we're getting too personal. I think here. I think we're going like, follow down the I anticipated. It's like mail. Okay. Like I have a bill, I'll leave it out in plain sight to know that I have to take care of it. And then if we have people coming over, she doesn't want the bills laying around. Like, neither do I. But she'll hide it. And then, like, a week later, I'll be like, wasn't there a bill that I had to pay? She won't hide it. She'll put it somewhere. She'll tidy up. Yes. And then I'm I'm like, there's a bill, I think, that I had to take care of. But I haven't seen that in, like, a week. (laughs) So, yeah. Hope. um, I'm in the same mindset. (laughs) No, I'm definitely the the. Um, That's a great question, Maggie. dude. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I definitely lose things. From, I don't think I always seen Megan lose anything. You know, honestly, <laughs> it's always me. It's like I always. Megan, have you seen this? Uh, okay, have I? I'll even like try like hold it back. It's like let me let's wait a week and see if I can find <laughs> it, and then I'll ask. Okay. <laughs> and then she's like, "When did you realize you missed it? A week ago? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just a little while. A month ago? No." <laughs> Sometimes. Um, That's a great question, dude. Yeah, I liked you. it. That was fun. Um, okay. What's the scariest thing you ever lost? Ooh. Scariest <coughs> thing. Man, that's a great question, too. I, I, I wouldn't... I don't think this is scary. Like, I... So I, one of the things that I was going to say, this isn't scary, but it was disappointing as mm. I went through it. 
Um, have you ever played like hide and seek or manhunt? Is yes, like the, oh. the adult version yes. of that, right? Yes, like so, not child. It's just yeah, manly. it's man, yeah. manly yes. manhunt. Like when I was like thirteen or fourteen, <laughs> I found such a great hiding spot that all of my friends quit looking for me. <laughs> You lost yourself. <laughs> I didn't lose myself. I knew exactly where I was. I got poison ivy from it because I didn't Ooh. know, or I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was 12. But I literally, like 45 minutes to an hour after hiding in the spot, I came out. And you know how you're like sneaking around because you don't want to be yeah. caught. And I'm like, but after like coming out of the hiding spot, waiting like 15 or 20 minutes, like looking where everybody was, they all had just <laughs> gone inside. Like, they just, they left me. So I feel like... like he would. Let's just we're done. I I don't even think that they even cared. Like when I finally caught back up with them, they're like, "Oh hey," it wasn't like, "Where were you hiding?" So I don't even know. Maybe they didn't even look for and this, me. And this was before you had like smartphones where you could just yeah, call. Absolutely. So it was. Yeah, it was a beautiful hiding spot. If you're but, lost, like you're lost. Yeah. So I I don't. That doesn't really. The you know the scariest thing I've ever lost. I, I don't know if it was scary, but it it really stunk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks, dude. I appreciate uh, it. Okay. I guess we should, you know, get into a little bit more yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this now. Um, <clears throat> hey, let me start with this. Um, so, I've, I've preached so much before, too. Like, yeah. So, I know, like, that there's all this time and effort that goes into sure. preparing something, like, sure. hours and hours. Like, you have all this information that you want to share. Yeah. So, like, what are some of the stuff that you, like, in your study, in your, like, preparing for this um, yeah. sermon that you like, Oh, this is really cool. I would really love to share it, but like, but time, like yeah. So I I appreciate that question on two levels. One because um, I, I want to give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, um, <coughs> and really in that, what I hope to do is really to give praise and glory to God because the the week was crazy, and then also in that, hopefully, I can remember a few of those things yeah. that didn't quite make the cut. Um, but I feel like, and our church is always so, so gracious. Like, honestly, I've joked and said that I could get up on stage, sneeze, everybody says, God bless you. I say, thank you. And I walk off and people would tell me I do a great job. Like our church is just very gracious in that. But uh, I did get a sense that, that God was very, very much moving and working in people's hearts and lives this past week. And People, a lot of people complimented me on that. But what is so ironic, I don't know if it's ironic. That's, that's probably not the right word. Um, to be completely honest, I was not comfortable with my content at all. Like, the week was really challenging. I Honestly, it wasn't until Wednesday that I started to study. And as I did, I had a, a wedding on Friday that I was at that I, I couldn't kind of get out of. Um, we had an event here on Saturday that I wanted to be at. And... Um, and then there was an event on Sunday, like there was just a lot of things that were pulling my mind elsewhere. And I felt very scattered in my, my preparation of that, um, to the point to where on Sunday morning I was, I was trying to make some changes because I thought that the way that it was, wasn't very good. And so I honestly, as we were singing the, the two songs, I'm up here usually for the first song, but as I made my way to the, basically the floor on Sunday morning, um, I still felt very nervous. Like I felt very mm. uncomfortable. I just didn't feel like I, I was very well prepared. Um, and every time that I communicate, I, I don't want to rely on myself. Like it's it's kind of a balance, right? Yeah. Because I'm going, yeah. I really want the spirit to show up and I want him to use me as a vessel. 
Um, but I also want to be prepared for that. So there's this tug of war where I always get a little bit nervous before I communicate, but, but on an uncomfortable level this past week. And then I felt like as I stepped on stage, I felt very comfortable, very relaxed. I felt like the way that things kind of connected, I, to be honest, I did not have that in my notes, the mm. way that they flowed and connected and even a little bit of an anxiousness of uh, this, this message lends itself to be able to offer the Father is pursuing you if you were lost. Like whether you know Christ as Lord and Savior and, and you're lost and you've never accepted him as a Savior or just even as a believer and you really need to confess sin in your life. Like the Father rejoices at the confession of the lost coming back to him and at the confession of sin. Like mm. it lends itself to this kind of an opportunity to to give an invitation. And even in that, man, I was just so anxious about it because I just felt like I hadn't prepared enough. And then I just felt like God showed up and then God showed off. Like, yeah. I just feel like he, he was fully present in those seasons. Like in those times where I've experienced that, like, I feel like I notice it when it's happening. Yeah. Like, wow, these thoughts are connecting really well. <laughs> yeah. And I know that I didn't think of those thoughts. Like this is, or like, honestly being on stage and saying something that I hadn't yet kind of connected it's like it just kind of comes to light in in that moment to share like i just think that god was really good so in yeah. asking that question i know that i'm kind of deviating a little bit from it but i was just so grateful and honestly after service like even in part like i was emotional just at the fact that god showed up the way that he did because it sounds dramatic like i'm saying all this and it sounds like oh wow that was really tough it was a really tough week and I just think that God showed up and I was so grateful that he did. And I was so grateful that yeah. I got the opportunity to communicate. So I feel like that's probably not what you were specifically driving towards in your question, but I really wanted to try and find time yeah. in this podcast to go, man, so many of you were encouraging and complimenting me at like saying great sermon. And I feel like I agree, but it wasn't me that I was a comp complimenting. It was going... Jesus, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah like yeah. if we could just do that every time, that would be great. <laughs> like, and I think that probably has more to do with me and being in a right place, like making yeah. sure that I'm open to His prompting, oh, yeah. or just scared out of my mind and yeah. thinking that it was a terrible, or you know, yeah. collection of of information. So as I look through, um, man, I didn't bring any of my study notes. I feel like I, I hit on a lot of the different things um, that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm just kind of glancing yeah. over my notes a little bit here. So sorry. Hang with me. Um, yeah, I did want to there. I did want to kind of tell the story about being lost or, or playing hide and seek and, and kids finding. Mm. There was a, an, another <coughs> illustration that I thought of when I was a little kid. It was the first time that I remember losing like a toy axe. It was something silly and stupid, um, but it was like this brand new toy that I was super excited about. And I lost it and I lost it in very, like, it fell down my steps and basically mm. fell into this area. Mm. And I remember taking like two hours and cleaning out that entire area, like going through everything and not finding it. Like it was, it was the most disappointing time of my life <laughs> as far as searching something. And it stuck with me for 30 years or 20 years, whatever it's been. Um, so that was an illustration. But I feel like as far as what the scriptures talked about, I think I pretty much, um, talked about everything. Maybe maybe one of the points that I would have 
um, talked more about, but I feel like in past sermons we had done this, is that um, Jesus very much was coming after kind of the way that the religious elite did things, right? Like Jesus is kind of continuing, the way that I would say it is, he's continuing his campaign against the religious elite because the religious elite were missing the kingdom of God because of their rules, because of their pride, because of their their wanting this and not wanting to kind of upset their system that was so so perfect in their eyes, like, and they missed it. And I just, I guess what I would say too is that I don't want to be holding so tightly to the views that even God has given me that I am not open to receive from him because yeah. I think the Pharisees missed it and yeah. I, the Jews as a whole missed it and they're still waiting for the Messiah, but the Messiah has come. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's it. If I think of anything else yeah. as we talk, well, one of the things that I was even saying to, to Mark is that I love the long form of podcast in here. Let me wiggle this mouth. So here, you can even see we are at 24 minutes. So if we're getting close, we're both now. <laughs> um, one of the things that I love about the long form podcasting is that it gives the opportunity of just kind of conversation mm-hmm. because the way that when you when you preach a message, you're, you're at least for me, a lot of the times in your head, like you're thinking about this point and you're moving on to that point and you know, you're trying to get to this. So how do I tie that in? But in the conversation piece, your mind kind of has the ability to jump around and to think, I'll say for me, at least think a little bit more. So I, yeah. I really like the long form of podcasting. So, and I like to be able to just kind of talk about it in a real way um, with anybody that wants to be a part of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm also a verbal processor, so like talking with people like yeah, helps me, me too. Like for something, it just helps me. Like Very I can't much. talk to myself over and over again, but that doesn't help. Yeah, um, dude, I'm the same way. I speak it out, and then it's like as I speak it out, it becomes real to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> cool. So, uh, what do you want to start with? The question that was emailed. Yeah, sure. Uh, Let's do that. So this is towards the end. <coughs> end of the passage uh, that we were looking at. So basically we were in Luke chapter 15 and we went one through 10. Um, I do think it's interesting. I, I kind of pointed to this on Sunday, but it's interesting in 14, the end of 14, Jesus is talking about the cost of discipleship. And so it's basically, you need to give up everything of yourself. Like if you need to hate your mother and your father and your sister and your brother, if you don't leave all of these things, you're not fit to be a disciple. Like pick up your cross and carry your cross. Like it's a pretty big, bold, like this is what Jesus is asking you to do. And then in 15, what we see is Jesus is kind of pointing to, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's it's seeking, finding, and saving that which is lost. And so it's almost a emptying of self and then filling with, this is what God would have you pursue. So the question comes at the end of verse 10. Um, it's one of our, our listeners. Thank you so much for the question. Love whenever there's a question here. Um, so Luke 15, 10 in the NIV says this. It says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then it, uh, the question says, I haven't thought about this before, but who is rejoicing in heaven? And this was something that I talked about on Sunday and so that's the NIV translation. The um, ESV, which is, stands for the <coughs> English Standard Version, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more of a direct translation. So it doesn't always kind of, the sentence doesn't always flow well. The, the words are a little bit more direct. But in the ESV, it says this, Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so 
as I'm looking at this, that was one of the things that stood out to me is that it's not just saying that the angels of the Lord, the angels of God are rejoicing. It says in the, again, the ESV, there is joy before the angels of God, joy before the angels of God, meaning that God is the one that is rejoicing over the one lost who repents, the one <coughs> sinner who repents. And that puts a completely different spin on yeah. it, right? Like, when you look at that and you go, wait a minute, so it's God himself who is filled with emotion and filled with joy and celebration. That's a different picture than what we look at, yeah. right? Like, yeah. at least for me, I, I tend to picture God in heaven. Like, I, I don't really picture his face. I picture him sitting on a throne, like, and and just like brilliant light and gold and like shine, but very stoic, yeah. right? Like just sitting there like, I don't know, kingly. That is, kings don't Straight get up. Pace, and, yeah. yeah, like kings don't no smi- jump no around. No smile and, wrinkles. Yeah, that, like you can just picture God as stoic. Yet, man, this says that there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And I, the way that I read that, the way that I interpret that is that God himself is the one who is joyful. That is expressing that emotion before the presence of and before the angels. So are the angels happy? I'm sure that they are. Like, I'm sure that they are, are celebrating with God. But I think it's a different yeah. take to look at it and say, I think it's God who is expression, expressing the emotion of joy and thanksgiving over the sinner who repents. Yeah. And that, man, that, that could blow your mind. Yeah. Like that's, at least it does for me. I felt like that was something so important to talk about, not just... Not just for the sinner who repents and comes to know Christ as Lord and Savior. It says, over one sinner who repents. The reality is that we're all sinners. And the reality is that we all continuously need to repent. So if you want to make God joyful, confess your sin. Yeah. Amen. All the time. Like, (laughs) like, I, I mean, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and... Really? Somewhere <laughs> somewhere along the line, I felt like somewhere in my upbringing, I don't know where, I don't think it was a direct teaching, but it was just this whole idea of feeling like I have to beat myself up whenever I continuously mm-hmm. sing sin. I have to, mm. I have to, uh, be downcast and, and sorry. And I do need to be sorry. Like, I don't mean to say that like repentance is turning away from that sin. That, that is a huge part of repenting. But also when you see Jesus as joyful over the fact that you are repenting, it changes that narrative for me as this, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old kid who didn't get it right, who, uh, my testimony was I kind of walked away from the church. I knew what, what I was supposed to do, but I didn't want anything to do that. I was in a Christian home, so I had to pretend like I was still doing everything that I was supposed to do. But away from my family and away from my church, I did whatever I wanted to do. And I got into trouble and I, I did all of this this stuff that I knew that I shouldn't be doing. And so when I came back to Christ, when Christ sought me as that lost sheep, as when he found me, Man, there was there was this guilt, but recognizing and understanding mm. that there is joy from God yeah. is something that can change everything. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the first John tells us that if we um, confess yeah. our sins to God, like if we repent, yeah. He will forgive us. Yes, it doesn't say 
we have to continue to feel bad about yes. it. It's like, no. He'll forgive you yeah. if he thinks about it yeah. and maybe come back next week. And Tuesday. you cry a little bit more after yeah. repenting. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, no, we'll forgive it. Yeah. Amen. And, and it's, uh, the other scripture verse that comes to mind, as far as the east is from the west, yeah. he separates your sin as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> you can't. You can't quantify, you can't count how far the east is from the west because they just continue. Yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah. It's definite, yeah. Yeah, it's just something that I think that when we see the heart of the Father, when we see God celebrating before the angels over the one who repents, that that changes our perspective. At least for me, it, it changes mine. Yeah. And it, it, I, what I hope it does is that it hope, I hope for all of us, it makes us go, God isn't an angry God that he's waiting to smite me, right? Like, yeah. right? Like he's like, hey, Gabriel, give me the, give me the lightning bolt. He, yeah, no, the bigger one. Like he's not yeah. doing that. He is, he is eagerly anticipating your confession to bring about a joy and celebration. That, yeah. that's just cool. Yeah, I yeah. just think that that preaches. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also like, um, so that was a great question. for. Some. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Yeah. Um, because like the, the other answer, possible answer, which like I agree with you, it's, it makes more sense that it's God that's rejoicing. But the only other possible answer would be, because we know that there's a divine counsel in heaven with God. Um, so like the only other answer would be them. But again, it goes back to if it's them rejoicing, then it's God historically um, yeah, well, and I think part of that too is I'm, I'm trying to find it. So what we see is in the parable of the lost sheep, uh, the end of <coughs> that, um, so 15.7 says, So I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So we both, I think, we probably interpret that and going, man, the angels are celebrating. Yeah. But then when it talks about the lost coin, it goes, there's... I want to say it word for word so I don't get it wrong. Um, but there's joy before the angels. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's almost like Luke is being, or Jesus in his parable, yeah. he's being more specific. He's going, there's joy in heaven, and it's not just the angels. It's yeah. God who is rejoicing in the presence of the angels. So yeah. all of heaven is rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. But it it starts with God the Father oh, yeah. who's rejoicing over that. So the party does start till he walks in, yeah. you know. <laughs> and he's omnipresent. Yeah, so, so he's always he's there. He's always there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amen. That was um, fun. Yes. Um, so yeah. So I, next, I want to like um, kind of like to get to what you were saying, like with how the Pharisees were messing up. Yeah. Sure. Um, like to me, like whenever I think about that, I kind of like I get sad for them. It's like, yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. Like you went, you went through the wilderness. You you were enslaved in Egypt. Yeah. Like you have like all this stuff. Hundreds of years yeah. of history. To Exile. Yeah. Like it's like you, you have all this time. And God proves himself time time again. Yeah. But it's like it's one of the things that is interesting. The last thing that Scripture tells us really about the Israelites, like in the Old Testament. Is, after the exile. Yeah. And the reason they were in the exile was because of all the mess ups with the law. Yeah, right. So it's like... They're kind of turning away from God, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like, okay, okay, I get it, Pharisees. I, I get it. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're making sure that you don't do that again. Like, I, re- I get it. But you went one step too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, yeah, it, it's like... Here's this pattern that, and I don't want to be judgmental because yeah. we as humans, we we all do this, right? Yeah. Like we go, the very thing that we don't want to do, we end up doing, yeah. right? Paul talks about yeah. that. Like, so <coughs> the Israelites do have this incredible long history of where 
they've stepped away from God's covenant, where yeah. they haven't followed the, the rules and the laws. Yeah. And so by the time we get into the New yeah. New Testament, like now to keep the original laws, yeah. they've created all these other laws on top of laws that aren't really laws yeah. of God, they're laws of man. Yeah. And so it's become really burdensome and difficult and they're still missing it, yeah. right? Like they've swung so yeah. far the other direction is what you're saying. Like yeah. Yeah. They, they weren't doing what God had called them to do and now they're trying to overdo it. But even in that, there's, there isn't justification in the law. That's why Jesus came to to fulfill the law, yeah. right? Like, so he was the perfect sacrifice. And, and we've talked about this in the past. Like that law was to show that they could not do it on their own, right? Like no one could justify themselves by acting and being righteous enough. Like no one could except for Jesus. And in Jesus, he was the atoning sacrifice. He was, he was the substitutionary sacrifice. He took our place on the cross. He died there so that we could accept his perfect sinless life as our own as we submit to him as Lord and Savior. Like, so it's, you're right. The, I think, too, the way that Jesus, like, is interesting because the adversaries of Jesus, like, as you look and read all through Luke, this is... I don't know, the 10th time, I, I, don't, I don't know how many times, like, we've seen Jesus is opposing the Pharisees, yeah. right? Or the, the, well, the religious the, elite, yeah. so the leaders of the synagogue and the scribes. And, like, so Jesus is kind of campaigning against them, but it's because of their pride. Yeah. The pri- their pride allows them to miss it. And not only that, their pride is making other people miss it as well. I think that that's... I think that that is what Jesus is ultimately talking about. Jesus is actually being incredibly gracious every time he calls out and he confronts their sin. Because when you see it, you can either ignore it like the Pharisees did, or you can acknowledge it and then do something with that. Namely, confess and and see that the the kingdom of God you can live into right now by confession and accepting him as Lord and Savior. So it's, I think that that, it, it's this, it's kind of, it's interesting because as we read it, there's this storytelling, and this is what we're talking about in parables, right? Storytelling, is, it, it's a big part of our culture. It's how we relate to one another. Like in this story, we like to see the opponent. We like to see the Pharisees, right? Like there they are. There's the people that Jesus doesn't like. But they were lost as well. Yeah. So Jesus desired for them to come to a saving knowledge and to repent. And when their pride (coughs) didn't allow them to, that's when they became an opponent of God. When they were refusing to acknowledge or refusing to see, because we've seen on numerous occasions where they just refused to answer. So going back to uh, the beginning of chapter 14. So here is, you know, Jesus is invited to this wedding or invited to this feast that happens on a Sabbath. Um, they come in, there's this guy with dropsy and Jesus heals them and they're upset because Jesus is breaking the law and he talks to them and they are silent. They say nothing, not because they thought that Jesus was right, but just, well, it's, if I say anything, I kind of incriminate myself. So I think that we've seen this pride time and time again, and Jesus is confronting it each time. I think in hopes that they would see and acknowledge their wrongdoing and for them to turn to recognize that they are lost 
And then Jesus was ultimately seeking them as well. Yeah, yeah he's not just saying it. Just be like, I got a point in this yeah, debate. Right. It's like, right. no, he, he's wanting them to, point. he's pointing out those things. Like, no, I'm yeah. doing this for you to turn back. Like you yeah. said, like not just to like, got yeah. him. Yeah. Like, it's because we do that as humans, right? We're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man, do you hear that? That mic drop moment, that yeah. response. Yeah, definitely chalk one up for him. Like, yeah. But Jesus, he doesn't need yeah. to do that. Yeah. He doesn't want to do that. Like, he cares deeply for the for the lost. And he desires to seek to find and to save that which is lost. Yeah. Including the Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thought. Great yeah. thought, dude. Um, okay, so... Uh, Going back to verse 7, I sure. believe um, you read, it was, um, it talked about the 99, um, can you read again one more time so yeah, I can, sure. I want to make sure I, I word this correctly. So it says, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Okay. So here, here's the question I have. Go for it, man. So who are the 99 then? So, yeah. cause I know you talked about like the. Um, this like okay, well we're about the ninety nine. Like well, yeah. he's omnipresent. Like yeah. God's omnipresent. So of course, like he can't leave. Like per se, he can't physically leave. Yeah. Yeah. He's like if he goes to save a lost, because we're saved. We're, we, yeah. But like, yeah. if he goes, like he's still with us. We can. We don't have to like wait until he comes back. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. my my question is like, then who are the ninety nine? Are they followers of Jesus? Or are they like, like the are they representing the self righteous Pharisees? Or are yeah. they like? Some third group. Yeah, dude, I think that does, that's a great question because on Sunday I talked about it in, in various forms yes. without actually <clears throat> telling you that I'm talking about it in various forms. Yeah. Like, I think as Jesus tells this story, the 99 would have been the Pharisees, mm. right? Like, I very much think that Jesus is referring to the 99 who need no repentance, right? I mean, <coughs> if yeah. you're listening to this, I just did the air quotes yeah. um, there. They need no repentance, Should have been right? able to hear it. Yeah, I don't know how you could make that. I'm wiggling my fingers in front of the mic and it does nothing. Um, so, like, I think in this parable, in this story, mm. Jesus is absolutely putting the Pharisees in that 99 who don't need to repent because yeah. they, they've lived perfect lives. Yeah. Now, it's air quotes and... Because and they think they live perfect yeah, lives. Yeah, because but that's not true. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that I, I guarantee that the Pharisees even knew that they did not meet all of the requirements. Like, have you ever tried to be perfect yourself? You judge one way when you're in front of people, but then you're going to judge a different way when it's just you because it's impossible, yeah. right? So so I very much think that in this parable, in this story, that 99 represents those Pharisees, mm. those religious elites. And then what I did on Sunday is I kind of compared that to also the church. Yeah. And, and I do, uh, let me, when we talk about the church, like using the analogy that Jesus has, or Paul has made, is that we talk about the body, and in the body, there's different giftings. I very much have a bent towards evangelism, where I want to, I, I love the church as a whole, but my focus and my desire for where my focus is, is to be on those that don't know Jesus. So there's some that have a shepherding mentality that they're more concerned about the flock and more concerned about the people inside the church. 
I don't think either one of them are right and the other one's wrong. I think that that has to do with gifting. They go hand in hand. Yes, they do. And in a, in a body setting, when the body is working and operating the way that it's supposed to, there's someone that is focused on those that are in, in the fold. There's someone focused that are those outside of the fold. Like there's, there's different parts to the body, but they make up the same body. I think that yeah. that's a reality. And as I look at this, what I was doing is saying, hey, if you are here in church, the focus, Jesus is kind of giving this illustration. The focus is not on what is found. The focus is on what is lost. And I use that analogy. Yeah. Maybe it's a terrible analogy, but if you have five credit cards, you lose one of them, you're not going, oh, it doesn't matter. I've got four other credit cards that I can use. No, no, no. You're going to put time, energy, and effort into shutting off that credit card, into finding that one lost one, because you don't want fraudulent charges, right? You don't yeah. want somebody to buy something in Thailand, then, you know, you have to pay thousands of dollars on or whatever. Unless like, you went to Thailand and paid the thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's court. true. Unless your wife's there or your husband's yeah. there, like, that, that's <laughs> Maybe that's different, but yeah, like, so your focus is that on that which is lost. And I very much think that, that for us in, in our culture and in our, our society, like I'll say within this church, I think that we need to do and be about what the father is, is about. And that is seeking, finding and saving the lost. And so one of the things that I I admit is that one of my greatest frustrations as a pastor is when I see Christians that are missing it. And when when I say missing it, I mean that it's more about kind of what they can get and what they want. And consumer mentality. Yes, this consumerism that's found its way into Christianity of going, no, I want, I want, I want, rather than what Jesus is teaching is that when you come to him as a disciple, it's no longer about you. Yeah. You, you are crucified and no longer live, yet Christ lives in you. So our desire as disciples should be to be about the Father's business. And so we, we shouldn't have this consumerism mentality of going, I want, I need, but we should be about the Father's business. So that's why I did kind of talk about you know, several of the things here, like specifically it was, it was why we do movie nights and why we have coffee on Sunday mornings. And, um, you know, it was a low hanging fruit. We did the fall fest on Saturday. Like why we do those things is, is it so that our family and the 99 that are here, that know Christ, that are in the flock, like I'm kind of using this story, but now I'm making, putting my own thoughts and interpretations to it. Those that are in the flock already, Yes, I hope that you enjoy that, that you that you get to drink your coffee. But at the same time, the priority is on the one. Like, and again, my bent is towards evangelism. So I know that some some of you, maybe even now, if you're if you have more of the shepherding gifting, you might strongly disagree with me, right? <laughs> you might be going, yes, we need to be about the one, but we also need to be about the people in the church and. My my bent is towards the one that is lost. So in a very harsh way, and I don't even know if I should say it, like I don't care about the 99. I care about the one. And that's what this picture is. is Jesus is painting this picture of the one. The one is so valuable to Jesus that he is going to leave the 99 in open country. And that, again... There was some, uh, I talked about it on Sunday. There's some speculation as you read some commentaries. They're like, well, clearly a good shepherd is going to leave the flock with somebody else, not just on their own. But I think that that might've been one of the dramatic points that Jesus was making is that in this made up story, this shepherd just abandons the 99 
because the one is so important to him. He's, he's illustrating a point that he's trying to make is that the lost, the ones that the Pharisees rejected, the ones that the Pharisees looked down on and thought were, were worthless, Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. There's, they're invaluable. Like yeah. they, they are why I came. Like I want the broken. I want the hurting. I want the lost. I want the tax collectors. <gasps> yes, the tax collectors. Like that was the point that Jesus was illustrating. So what I hope, I guess in that, what I hope our church hears is a, an encouragement to pursue the lost. What I don't want that to be is a rebuke of going, you shouldn't want your coffee. Right. Like, yeah. I don't want that to be a rebuke. However, there is this side of me that goes, but you shouldn't be so concerned about your coffee that it creates anger or emotion or it stirs something in you because you should understand the heart behind it is for the one. Same thing for the movies and for, you know, the disc golf, the trails, like everything that we do. Like, I hope that our families get absolute enjoyment and fulfillment out of it. But in my mind, that first priority is those that are lost. So, so I think your question is a very good one because I, I took this 99 and it very much means the Pharisees yeah. who are missing it there. But then I also kind of applied it to our church of going, if you're in the fold, recognize that Jesus is pursuing those that are outside of it. So uh, I don't think that any of us would say that we don't need repentance. Like specifically, <coughs> again, s verse 7 is for righteous persons who need no repentance. Hopefully, you have grown and matured in your faith. And if you call this place your home, you recognize that all of us need repentance. Yeah. But, uh, but also the focus there is on the lost. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it's like say, bringing man? the context from what the original writing yes. is to then how yes. to like interpret it into all. First, we need long ways. The yes. text is saying now. Yes. Then, how can we view it in our own, in our own culture, yeah. in our own context? And I guess as you even say that now, like if I, if which is what you did, like yeah, know. that's just what I did. But I feel like that I could have parked on that for a really long time. But by the time I got to that point, it was like nope. Ooh. We're just going to keep going the way that yeah. this is moving, yeah. and we were we were pretty much out of time. So yeah. I, I do think yeah. that that's a great question to ask because, on some level. I probably took that a little bit out of context from what Jesus was saying, but that was in the application of what, yeah. how we had taught, how we tie that into our walk yeah. and our journey today. So, in that time, very much those yeah. ninety-nine represented the Pharisees. Yeah. And like I know, like it's you know, like sometimes when I preach, I don't always know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah, I could be like, so I'm not always fully. And again, this is not the best thing, but like I'm not always fully processing every time what I say, dude. So, I've got a question for you. Continue okay. that thought, but and that, that's really it. It's kind of like um, what, like it's like I could be saying something. It's like and I could take something out of context, not mean to take it out of context, yeah, right? But not knowing that I'm taking something out of context, yeah, right? Mags, I'm just I'm sorry. I was uh, <coughs> on our actual the email question. So just now seeing your comments. Thank you so much for the the comments um, in that. But yeah, dude, I do have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever tried to do math? As far as time's concerned, while communicating, wait, what? I like it, I if I try and do math, like I'm going, okay, I'm supposed to be done at 10, uh, 10 15. It's now eight or nine fifty seven. So that means that I have X amount of time left. As I'm communicating, if I'm trying to think of that, it generally does not go well. <laughs> like my math is always wrong. So like I, my mind just kind of bounces back and forth of going. 
Sometimes I know what I'm huh. saying and sometimes I'm thinking about the time or I'm thinking about this or honestly anything like can throw me off like, hey, is that Mitch in the back row? I Like, who is that? Like, So, yes, in the <laughs> sense that, um, well, one, when I'm kind of like, there's like a thousand thoughts that will go through my mind like yeah. while I'm preaching. So it's like, so I'm just like, okay, well, try so I go this direction, try I not, try I say this or try not or... Wait, oh, I just thought about this joke or this pun. Should I make this pun? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I didn't prepare for it, so it might go, I don't know. Um, but then also it's just like, okay, I want to make sure I'm done at this time. Yeah, yeah. And so usually, like, because, like, most choices, if you're, you know, prepared, you have a clock or some yeah. timer. <laughs> at My the, timer uh, didn't start on Sunday, so I was like, oh, I got all time in the world. That's why you were, like, double the time as Gary. <laughs> yeah, and Gary's just, Gary's just super nice, and yeah. he gave you a lot of extra time. Sorry, I, I... You just used up that extra time he gave. Yeah, that was it. That's yeah. exactly yeah. it. Good job. This is why we put this guy on here. So. Um, but, so yeah, so I was like, so now that you say it and now I think of it, I can never know what time it is. <laughs> but like, I know it's just like, I will look at like where the positions are and say, okay, if I'm yeah. correct, yeah, 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 this is what, like I'm either, I think like I'm either on time, behind time, or ahead of time. Dude, you, you need to get a digital clock. That's what you, that'll help. Yes. Like, we, we have our analog. Yeah, so. the analog's tough. Yeah, like, so it's just like, I, I was trying to like, okay, <laughs> I think if that is in the position that I think it is, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are a couple people that I want to give a shout out. So Go Susan, for thanks for joining us. I see your comment. Thank you for being a part of that. And then also uh, Linda, thanks for joining us as well. So I want to make sure that I get all of the platforms there. And then Mags is on our other platform. So uh, this is great. How are we doing? Oh, dude, we we got to be done in, in about eight minutes. Okay, so. then I'll make this the last question. Great, like, sounds good. Like as a clarifying thing. Sure. For like the shepherds out there. Okay. Yeah, great, dude. Because um, I would say like, I feel like I'm in the middle. Like, okay. I feel like, great. like I'm like, I, I say, okay, there's a need to yeah. shepherd the people, but there's sure. also the need for the, like, sure. both. Sure. Um, but I also understand, like, people lean one way or the other. Yeah. Like, I get yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. like, that's totally fine. Like, we yeah. each have a gifting. Body of Christ. Yeah, that's it right. It can't be all thumbs. That's like, right. That's right. Um, but anyways, I know you're not saying this or you didn't say it, but I, I want to ask go you go for it, man. Um, you're not, not going to offend <laughs> me or scare me with any question you got. Does so. God care more about the lost than the found? So I don't think yeah. that you can say that he cares more about one or the other. He cares about all. Yes. Right? Like, I think that, that that's a great question, a great way to ask it, because very much you could look at it and go, well, Jesus doesn't care about the Pharisees, the 99. No, no, no. And, and we already kind of discussed that yes. on a level. Like, Jesus cares for all. So it's not that he's going, ah, I don't care about the 99. But at least in my mind, it's almost like an understanding of going, but you've You've already come to a knowledge of who Christ is, yeah. and you should come have, you are coming or should eventually come to this understanding that it's not about you. So, as you grow more into the heart of the Father, as you become more like your Father, then your heart becomes more for the lost. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's not that, you know, the 99 are not important, right? Yeah. Like, it, God does care for the 99. But he also cares very deeply for that one. So I think that's a great question for clarifying and going. So so our, what you're arguing is that Jesus doesn't care about the 99? No, no, no. He cares for all. Because remember, at one point you were the one, right? Like it's not like you become saved and then he goes, okay, you're good. Just add them to the pot 
and keep going. No, no, no. You're in the fold, but the focus again is on that which is lost. The love, the care, and the concern is there for both the 99 and for the one. It's for both. Like Jesus has enough love that he cares for you no matter where you are in life, whether you're lost, whether you're found, whether you're a Pharisee. He still has the same amount of love, but his focus is on that which is lost. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask that question because I, I feel like it's a great people question. might be hearing it's just like, sure, like that. You're saying sure. that Jesus cares more about the lost, but it's like, which you're not saying that. You say you're just saying your focus, your yeah. how God has wired you is yeah. towards the uh, more to focus on the lost. But you're not saying that yeah. God cares more about the lost. You're yeah. just saying that's how He's using you. Yeah, but yeah. and I also think on some level, and this is where I might might get in trouble. <laughs> like I, I very much think that Jesus is going. My attention is where it needs to be on the lost, yeah. right? Like, yes, he cares and he loves. Like, Jesus still had his disciples, right? But he, And he's spending time with his disciples as he's also spending time with sinners, right? So it's, it's twofold. It's not just one to the exclusion of the other. It's, it's multiple. He's spending time with sinners both on the religious side and the non-religious side and is spending time with his disciples. So there is a love, there is a care and the concern, but his focus and his attention is, is going towards the lost. Yeah, yeah so. I, I think um, a good passage um, that perfectly like, actually does like, the balance of both is um, when he ascends to heaven. Yeah. Um, he, the last command he gives his disciples before he ascends is like, yeah. go and make disciples. So, like, yeah. Which is like, to go and make disciples is one, to reach the lost, mm-hmm. but then also to care for them after they have become yes. followers of Jesus. Yes. So like it's like the, okay, once you're a disciple, awesome. Now yeah. go out and make more disciples. That's a great point while, that you're making. And to be a disciple yeah. and to disciple is to, then to care for the flock as well. Yeah, so discipleship is, it's uh, like, so Christianity, if we think of that, once you come to know Christ, that's the finish line. You're done. No, no, no. Discipleship, coming to know Christ is the starting line, right? Discipleship is something that is ongoing, that you will not reach spiritual maturity until the day that you are called home, right? So there's an ongoing, continual process that always happens in discipleship. So I think that that's the perfect answer of going, dude, it's about discipleship, which is the start of a very long journey in yeah. part of seeking the lost, yeah. right? Yeah. That's good. So I think this is this would be a good point to end on. Like, yeah. so like, dude, what, what, um, look at that. For, we got like three minutes. We're good. Amen. Two and a half. Something amen. Like that. Um, so then for the people that are listening that might either not know CRC that well hmm. or, or wondering, okay, well, so discipleship is this process. Like, so what are, I know you said in your sermon a little bit, but like, yeah. what are the different ways that either at CLC sure. or in Christianity in general, yeah. are, we, are we able as followers of Jesus to be discipled or yeah. to disciple? So I'll say this again. This was two things that I kind of had mentioned on Sunday. One, there's a book by Dan Greider called Starfish Movement. Um, I'd encourage you to pick it up. If you need help finding that or something, please let, let us know. And then we also here at the church have a discipleship group that meets on Thursdays. They alternate kind of Thursday morning, Thursday evening to try and get more people. Um, we're about to kind of relaunch that, if you will. Um, been, maybe relaunch isn't the right word, but kind of um, re-dive into material. And it's really kind of about accountability of, of um, 
asking one another, hey, how are your conversations going? How are your relationships going? Are they leading towards hopefully a spiritual conversation? That's where we hope that they end up, but it may take years to develop that. I said this on Sunday, it's not about selling the timeshare, meaning that you've got to sell Jesus, that everybody has to pray the prayer. Now, I think that even that is a journey, right? Like it's discipleship is a journey, and I think coming to know Christ is a journey. So it's not about the final product of getting somebody to pray the prayer, no, because that's just the starting point. It's about conversation and relationship and developing that. So uh, there is a group that meets on Thursdays that I would encourage you to be a part of. If you want more information, you can contact us for that. Be happy to give that to you um, and get you connected there. I would say too, if you are watching this from afar, because you know, with the internet today, this could be far reaching. Who knows, two years from now, you could be listening to this. Maybe you're in Texas right now and you don't have a home church, but you found your way onto this podcast or onto our message. Man, I would encourage you to get connected to a church. If you wanna do that, it's a little bit challenging, like, you know, over the internet. If you want to call us a home church, great. We would love to have you be a part of that. But I would also encourage you to be connected to a local body if possible. If that's not possible, depending on your situation, we would love to be and to be able to fill that gap. But yeah, that's how I would encourage you to just kind of get connected because community really helps in that discipleship journey. It's not something that you can just kind of do on your own. own. Like it's it's something that community is Yeah, it's a... Trying to find someone to someone older or more yeah. mature in the faith to disciple you, yeah. but then also trying to find someone that's more you're mature enough in the faith to like yeah. then also help someone that's immature in the faith yeah. to mature in the faith as well. And I don't think it matters. Like I, yeah. I, I want to see the kingdom of God advanced, not our little corner of it, yeah. right? Like yeah. so, I don't care if you go to if you go to Mark's church. You appreciate that. <laughs> if you go to the Christian Life Center, great. Yeah. If you go to a Bible believing like. Holy Spirit filled like yeah. Jesus is the true Lord and Savior. Church, mm. fantastic. Amen. That's what we want to see happen. Yeah. We want to see truly devoted followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, whether wherever that would be. Yeah, amen to that. So with that, I think that that's probably a good spot to end. Oh, we are right on the one hour. hour. We've got 24 seconds to end this. So thanks for coming. If you do have any questions, you can email us overtime at clcfamily.church. Um, you can also text us 610-869-2140. But thanks for being a part of it, Mark. I really do appreciate you being here. Uh, he's a good guy. So uh, yeah, thanks for coming. And we hope to see you all next week. Bye. See you guys.